for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Fall Podcast, where the focus is on deer hunting, tips, tricks, tactics, and stories from across the Midwest. And now, here is your host, Aaron Blisey. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and this is episode number 14. Today, I have a Michigan hunter on here. His name is Brandon Leon. He's only 19 years old. He's he's relatively new to hunting. You know, he's only been hunting for, for a few years, but um, he has a story that is probably one of the more crazy stories I've ever heard um, as far as shooting the biggest deer of his life in Michigan only on about 10 to 12 acres to having to leave it overnight and then having a crazy story with the butcher when he takes it to get processed. So you really got to stick around to listen to this one. It's it's pretty crazy. Uh, this week I'm down in Tucson, Arizona at PSC Archery with uh, Bobby Vargas and Blake Shelby. So taking a tour of the plant and doing some video work down here. I'm also going to be recording a podcast with Bobby as while I'm down here. So PSC is a really awesome company, a lot of cool people and and uh, they make a really good quality bow as well. And I've been shooting them for a long time. I'd say for the last, you know, eight years I've been shooting a PSC. So, so nothing really new on the deer front for me. Um, I'm just going to keep glassing from afar and making sure Jeffrey and and uh, all of his buddies like Jim Abbott and Bomb Pop, all those deer sticking around, stay the heck out of there. But I'm going to glass from a distance. So other than that, you know, I got a couple stands to hang on another piece of property. I just don't have a lot of time right now with work and, and family, so I'm trying to balance that. But other than that, that's all I got. So I'm going to get uh, Brandon on here, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. And here we are. We're back for another podcast on the Fall Podcast, episode 14 to be exact. And today I've got another Michigan native with me, Brandon Leon from Howell, Michigan. Brandon, how you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Good, man. Hey, I you know, uh, it's uh, it's raining up here right now. I don't know if it's raining down by you. We just got a little stint coming through, and we need it for sure. It's kind of dry up here, and um, you know, it's it's just 
it's just that time of year. We just need the crops to right. keep growing and, and, uh, the rain, the rain is a good thing as Luke Bryan would say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Of course. Yeah. It's been pretty wet here for the past few days. Uh, I mean, really this whole week's been kind of wet for us, but, uh, it's good. It's definitely good. Yeah, for sure, man. And, uh, you know, before we get too far, you want to, you want to break down yourself a little bit for everybody that doesn't know you, uh, kind of let everybody know where you're from, how old you are and, and maybe what you do for a living. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Brandon Leon. Uh, I'm from Howell, Michigan. Um, I am 19 years old. I'm a full-time college student. So I work just a basic part-time job at Under Armour. Um, I played college baseball uh, this past year. And, you know, going back and forth from hunting and baseball was definitely quite the adventure, driving, you know, 70 miles back and forth. But uh, that's just me right there. Very cool, man. So you're 19. You're fresh out of high school, then, right? You're right. You... Yep, I was my freshman year was this past year. Okay, cool. So how'd the baseball season go for you? So I actually wasn't able to play. Um, so I've broken my foot six times in the past five years, unfortunately, uh, my right foot. And in August, I had to have a surgery, and um, that that definitely knocked me pretty hard. Um, and then I. Uh, in January, I had to have another surgery, so I wasn't able to play. And unfortunately, the school wasn't necessarily the right fit for me. Um, zero of my credits ended up transferring anywhere after the first semester. So I ended up having to leave that school, went to community college next semester, went to community college this summer, and just had my final day. So finally done with that. And I start school. Um, not sure exactly when, because I'll either be at Michigan State or I'll be at uh, Lansing Community College for another semester. But that's how that's where I'm gonna be right now. Not sure if I'm gonna try to play baseball again next year, but we'll see. That's crazy. How did you broke your you broke your ankle six times? How did you end up breaking it? So, well, it's been my I haven't broken the ankle. I've broken just like literally every bone, pretty much in my foot. Um, the first time I broke it, believe it or not. I had, I, it was on a home run, stepped on second base, and it cracked. Oh, my right gosh. <laughs> Swear to God. Cracked right in the heel. And then um, about eight months later, it was just another crazy thing. Like running from second to third, and a bone just snapped. And, you know, I, I couldn't – it's just my foot structure. You know, I've, I was born with it. And once I turned 13 is when everything kind of started, you know, happening. And then – Another time I was like at Sky Zone for the first time ever. Wasn't there for five minutes and trampoline, just a trampoline park. And, you know, five minutes there and, you know, rolled it and the ligament tore bone off. And then um, another time this summer, I just, it just pushing off and it fractured real bad and ended up having to get a pin put in. I think I was missing one more, but, you know, it's, it's just been a whole roller coaster. It's been, healthy for six months. So I get through the high school season, have a good high school season and you break in the fall or I break it during the high school season and, you know, break it. And in the summer, it was just, it was just back and forth and left and right. So, wow, man, that, that and, really sucks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, you know, I still definitely want to play. So we'll see. I don't know. I might try it next year. We'll, I don't know. I gotta get healthy. So yeah, for sure. And you know, and you're still young too. I mean, I'm sure you probably heal up pretty quick, like you said, and but you just never yep. know what might happen six months from now either. Exactly. So I got to look in my future, you know, so yep. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So today, you know, for everybody listening, you know, I tracked Brandon down on Instagram and, uh, 
and you killed a really good deer last year in Michigan, and yeah. I believe it was only on, what would you say, nine acres? It was about nine, ten acres of land, yep. Okay, so before we get into that, I got I got a couple things. I, I want to I rattle through a couple things, and, and we'll get into that briefly, but, you know, just to kind of tease everybody there. You know, it was a hundred, roughly 140 inch deer on on nine acres here in in Michigan, and it's it's a pretty cool story. I've heard a little bit of it off record. So, you know, before we get into that, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of interested in, you know, how did you start hunting, and you know, who was your biggest influence growing up, and who got you into hunting? Mm-hmm. So when I first, I think I was seven years old, and I remember it vividly. My dad came home after a trip up north with a doe in the bed of the truck and to me it just was the coolest thing ever and i remember i just vividly remember you know having the meat from it and i was like oh this is awesome you know like this is it's the best thing i've ever had in my life and that kind of started it so like after that you know i just kept saying dad take me hunting with you dad take me hunting with you and you're saying like you're a little too young right now but when i turned nine or no when i turned like well when i was seven so like, you got my first bow when i was seven and I would shoot it in my backyard just all the time. Absolutely loved it. I mean, I would shoot just for hours and hours and hours, just, you know, shooting like a little deer target. And that's just what got me hooked. And, um, you know, he finally took me on my my first hunt when I was nine in Coldwater, uh, Michigan, uh, on a 500-acre farm that his, his buddy had. And, I mean, it just ever since then, it's, I've been hooked, so... So was your dad, was he a bow hunter as well, or was he a gun hunter, or did he do it all? Was I mean, was he a pretty hardcore hunter? He didn't get into hunting until he was about 25. My papa, his dad, was a big pheasant hunter. Um, he was always out in the fields doing pheasant hunting, but my dad wasn't able to really do that growing up a lot. Um, and then when he, he got into, I think he, like, I think he was in his mid-20s when he started getting into hunting, and it was gun hunting. Um, so he would go all the way up north, and he hunted up north for, I mean, 20 years, and he only killed two deer. Oh, I mean, really? He just, it was just, he never found them. And it was just hunting camp up there. He'd go with a whole bunch of buddies, and they just have a good time. So I don't know if they were actually hunting or if they were just, you know, partying out there. But, <laughs> you know, they um they always, they said they'd always see them, but they'd just be way, way out. And, you know, he only came home with a couple deer. But once we started, once I turned, gosh, I want to say 12 because I think that was a legal age. I could hunt with a bow. I think it was 12 years old. Um, there was a place out in Pinckney where uh, one of his buddies um, had a farm. And that's where I, you know, I started the youth hunt. And, you know, I mean, the deer there was for, for two years. I mean, it was amazing. Like you would see literally 30 deer every single night. I mean, it was insane. And I ended up shooting a doe out there. And it was, you know, I mean, it got me hooked. It was, you know, my first kill was with a bow. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome. When, how old were you when you killed your first, first deer? And was it with a bow or with a gun? My first deer was with a bow. Or I'm sorry, it was with a muzzleloader. It was a muzzleloader in cold water. Yep. And how old were you when you did, when you shot that? I think I was, I was 13 or 14. I think I was 13. Okay. And, you know, that's, that's some of the best memories that I can remember. You know, I'm, I'm older now, I'm 31. So I killed my first deer with a bow when I was 12. Um, it was Mm -hmm. a doe and I'll never forget it. You know, um, that has to be a a lasting memory. You know, were you, what was the scenario? Was, uh, were you with your dad or were with you by yourself? 
Yep. So I was with my dad. So it was in cold water, like I said. And um, we, the previous night we got there and we got there late and we were just walking around trying to find a spot to go. And we ended up setting up a blind on the corner of this, like, I mean, it had about, I think it was like a 30 acre field. And we're walking in and I'm like, hey, dad. And there's a, so you're walking in and there's this, this first field. You have to walk through this, this giant first. It's like a 200 acre field to get to the second field, which is about a 40 acre field where the blind was set up. So we're walking down the trail to get in through the middle of this field. And I'm like, Hey dad, why don't we set up like right on off to the side? Um, and he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I, I want to lay off to the side. Like, so I, I was laying prone the entire time and my dad's literally sitting up against a tree. And I mean, looking back on it, like, I can't believe how it worked out. Cause we were, I mean, I had like, grass going up about maybe a foot uh you know like a foot above my head but my dad's like you know he's he's like a he's a he's a buff guy and like he's not like he's pretty easy to see from like 200 yards away <laughs> so <laughs> so he's literally sitting up against this tree and it was it was 9 12 i remember the exact time because i had my phone laying right next to me because i was like tying little grass and knots just trying to keep myself occupied for the time i look up and i i think i see some i get through my scope and there's two does and i'm like you know i start freaking out of course because my giddy self's like oh my god i'm killing my first deer but they're like 200 yards away so i'm like dad dad there's there's two does out there there's two deer i don't know what they are at first i'm like there's two deer he's like where and i'm like directly in front of us across the field and so he sees them they're like okay here they come so now they're coming across the field and it's, it's 200 yards exactly from where we are from field it's from one side of the field to the other side of the field so they start coming across and I'm, you know, hearts racing. Like, I can't believe, like, this is happening. It's like a dream come true. Um, they're just running across the field directly towards us. And they get from, like, 150. My dad's, like, 150, 130, 120. And then once they get to about 115, he's like, all right, cock your hammer. So I, you know, drew it back and waited for the biggest one to give me a shot and, you know, fired away and, ended up running i i drilled it too i can't i don't know how it ran this far but it ran about 200 yards and i ended up just piling over and uh right in the field so i mean it was it was an incredible experience that's really cool man and then i'm yeah. sure that even nailed the coffin even more and how hooked you were with hunting and oh for sure yep yeah so you know do you play any more sports in high school then no baseball was only played i i wanted to play football but I just I never pulled the trigger on it. So okay, so your your falls, yeah, so your falls were pretty wide open then. So you could you could hunt. So what was your hunting like in you know through high school? So so from I'll start from like freshman year. We did not have really anywhere to go. We would go to like MLA City. You know where that is? Kind of by like Bad Axe. Yep. Yep. So we had a my dad had a family friend out there, or not a family friend, but like a work friend out there. And they had about 90 acres. And every single time I went there, it was just impossible to see deer. Like if you went up there for four days and you saw two deer, it was, it was like, that's awesome. I mean, it was just impossible to to hunt. It was about, I want to say it was like 70 acres of woods. And I mean, like the terrain was just so like, it was like all like the, the ground was just, you just hilly, hilly, hilly. And you know, it was, it was so hard to find deer and see deer. And that's where we hunted for a long time because we, we stopped hunting in Pinckney 
when I was in like eighth grade, I want to say it was like eighth grade because the deer just they just vanished and we could we could never find them anymore out there. And you know the other the the owner's son um, started getting into hunting, so we ended up just leaving it to him. And then sophomore year, um, uh, no, it wasn't sophomore. I think it, it was my junior year. Yeah, it was my junior year. I I found one of my buddies. Um, he's in Texas now. He uh he's in he's in the rodeo. Um, we're doing he's like steer wrestling. I think it is. Or yep. I'm not sure exactly what's called. I think it's this is the one where you're wrestling the steers. Um, he invited me to hunt out at his place because he doesn't got he doesn't you know bow hunt. I I was you know at this point I was kind of like hooked on bow hunting. I shot a couple deer with the bow, all those. Um, still says that day had not shot a buck, and um that's where i uh you know i found this property that i currently have and um you know i hunted out there for the whole year sophomore year didn't yeah i saw a ton i saw a ton of deer but i didn't i didn't shoot anything um didn't see any bucks that i was you know you know interested in shooting um and then junior year comes along and you know i figured out the property a little bit um, I hung a stand right on the corner of the field and ended up shooting my first buck, which was a uh, two-year-old eight point. And um, that was my first deer. I mean, I passed that deer, like I, like I told you a little earlier, you know, the other day. I had passed this deer, like these this this type of deer so many times because I always wanted to shoot, you know, like a, a like what you see on TV. You know, yep. I wanted to see like one of those, like those like mature deer and I always wanted to, just, you know, save, you know, um, just just wait out you know see what happens and you know this deer gave me a shot and it was you know it was it was it was awesome how it went down just popped out of nowhere and shot him at 29 yards so the property that you were hunting and you shot that your first buck on was that the property that you shot the buck last year on correct yep okay so Let's 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 go back a little bit to your junior year. You know, let's mm-hmm. talk about this property. Let's break the property down. For sure. Tell me everything. What it consists of the acres. You yep. know how much woods. What's the tillable? What's what's the, what are the features around it? And what is it flat? Is it hilly? Give me everything you can. What does it look like? For sure. All right. So the property, at least the part where it's, it's huntable. The other part is is like a it's like a rodeo station. You know, kind of like they have, you know, horse barns and. Um, you know, just gate skated all the way around up there where they do their thing. And then in the back, it's literally the majority of the property is about five acres of field. I mean, it's just a grass field too. It's not like it's like anything crazy. Like there's no like they're not growing anything back there. They occasionally grew hay um, back in the day, but okay. um, they it's it's just a grass field and there's two little islands right in the middle. What are the islands like? What are they just? Are they thicker? They're just trees. They're just trees with like little, just like grass around them. Okay. Um, and like in some thick, in some you know brush is what it is. And so, um, that's basically. And then on, in the back, around, uh, in the back of the property, there is um, it's thick swamp. It's I mean just perfect deer habitat to you know for them to run around and just grow and be untouched. And then beyond that, it's state land. It's untouched state land where you literally need a jet boat to even get into the property or get into the, the area that I'm, that I hunt. And, um, that's really the property right there. It's very basic. 
Now going from the main road, does it? Or do they live on the property there, like right up close to the road? And then like that's where all the yep. cattle barn and everything. And then it goes back yep. to like the grass field that's five acres with a couple islands. And then it goes back mm-hmm. to the the uh, swamp where you say it's really thick. And then mm-hmm. that butts up to a big piece of state land. Now does that state land get hunted a lot from a lot of other people? So during bow season, no. I I drive past it where everyone would park. And there's never any cars there. Okay. However, when gun season comes around, there's definitely people there. But I to this I hunted I hunted it one time, uh, the state land one time, and it was, I mean, where the people were setting up. It's just such a small block of woods that like there was just there was like three people around me, and I to this day will I, I vowed you know I just never would go back because it almost just didn't seem safe you know with all the yep. people that were out there so. So now, does this property have any food on it whatsoever? Is there ac- or oaks, you know, acorns, apple yep. trees, anything like that? Well, like, what are the deer eating? They're, the deer eating, so a lot of time I'm seeing them eating just the grass out there. They're really just coming into the field and they're just chowing down out there. There is acorn trees into a little block of timber. There's a small block of timber. Um, as, as soon as you walk out, well, there's, there's, there's uh, acorns. And then there's uh, a walnut tree that um is directly in front of my main well one of my main stands um about seven yards in front of me but they really never touch them so okay you know a lot of time it would you'd put out i'd put out corn and that's where um a lot of them would they would fill that would attract them and they would all just like then they would just go throughout the field yep and they'd um they just gnaw on the grass and whatever they could find out there. So are you putting out trail cams and, and trying to hone in on deer and just try to figure out what's there? And, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you do for that? Like in the, in the summer, are you just running right. cameras and, and figuring out what's there? Yeah. So right now we have um, three cameras out right now. I have not checked them yet. It's, they've been out for about two weeks. Um, however, last year, what I did notice was, so we had this, this, I think it was, oh gosh, uh, August 17th was the first time we, we had a shooter buck come onto the property as an eight point. And what are you guys, what what are you saying as a shooter? Is he, is he a age structure? Is he a two and a half, three and a half? He's, or? he's a three and a half okay. and he's about 130. Okay. Yeah, I think he's actually on my, I think I posted a picture of him on my Instagram a while back. Okay. Um, and he, we only got one picture of them. The deer don't live on the property. They pass through the property. It's yep. a gateway. It's, it's a passageway is what the property is. And it's just located in the, I mean, the most perfect spot, in my opinion, where the deer can just, they, they literally live on the state land. And it's just, it's thick. I mean, like untouchable. They live there. They come out to this field where I'm at. And then they go into the other field, which is the neighbor's field. But they don't hunt very often at least i didn't hear i I didn't hear them you know about them getting anything this past year and they feed out in the cornfield on their property so um yeah that's basically how they how they go through there so what what um what's the topography like is it really relatively flat or is there a couple elevation changes at all there it's relatively flat um the field is is once you get to the front to the back of it it, it, it evens out pretty well on the front. It's a bit hilly, but I mean, nothing like it's just one nice little divot and that's pretty much it. And that flattens out to where, um, the main stands are hung. 
Okay, so what kind of what kind of um, basically structures or you know what are you looking for to hang your stands? Are you looking for like where you know the swamp meets the you know mm-hmm. the the oak woods or whatever it is? Are you looking mm-hmm. for an edge? Are you looking for a pinch point? Like what does that mm-hmm. consist of? Are you setting up on you know primary scrape areas or, or what are you looking for for when you're hanging your stands? So on this property, what I found is all of the deer come to the field from one spot, one and two spots. Only one spot's huntable because the wind is just constantly blowing to the southwest. Um, and I'm setting up on trails. You know, you can see it through the grass where they're, they've been constantly going in and out. Um, and that's this is for early season. So early season, what I found until about October 20th on this property they are constantly coming into this field. That's they're like in the feeding pattern with, or whatever you want to call it. They're, they're mm-hmm. just going in and they're, they're feeding and then they're gone. Once the rut comes, what I found is they're, they're deep in the swamp. They're chasing out there. They, they very rarely come to the field. And that's when I have to really move around. I have to, I have to walk back there and find out, you know, where, where are these new trails coming in? Because, you know, I, this was the first year I, I really figured it out, you know, at least, you know, it, it turned out to have good success and saw, you know, a lot of shooter deer, um, on this property. And that's, you know, that's basically how that went down. Okay. So, you know, when you're hunting at early season, are you, since it's such a small piece of ground, are you right. only being able to hunt it on certain winds or do you have stands set up for every different wind? So we have three stands hung up and for the main field, um, we have one set, we have, we have literally two stands set directly across from each other. One for the Southwest wind, one for the Northwest wind. And then we have a third one in the other patch of timber, which it, it really didn't, it was hard to see deer there. I mean, like the wind was always perfect and it looked really good and it was set up on spots and there's trails that you just, they never came out during that time. Um, we only got a few, we only got a few pictures of deer in that area that were, and they were all the same deer. Like we'd see the same deer, like pictures from the field, we'd get them in the woods, but they'd be much more consistently in the field than in that part of the woods. So, um, we had to, that was basically how we had to do that. I see. And you know, when you're going out there to hunt, let's say it's still early season, you know, you said there's a, you basically know what their pattern is. They got a pretty mm-hmm. distinct pattern for their first 20 days oh, of yeah, season. For sure. for you know, sure. what, what are you, um, you know, what do you set up? You're just, you're just looking for passerbys basically, right? You're just, you're intercepting them coming from, you know, bed to food maybe. Cause didn't you say the neighbors right. have corn usually or beans and, yep. and you're just kind of intercepting them. Now, when do you decide to make that transition from that stand to maybe your rut stand? Is it, you know, Mm -hmm. do you let it sit for a couple days where you're like, okay, I'm not seeing the deer like I thought I was, maybe I got to move then. So how does that scenario play out? So how it first played out, I got to go back to my junior year. So I shot that eight point in the fifth day of the season. And after that, I didn't, you know, there's still good deer activity. I mean, you see deer like 15 deer every single night. I mean, they're everywhere but you wouldn't necessarily see the bucks. And so, so I'm sitting in my stand. I'm literally like, if you can picture it sitting on the stand, we're looking directly forward, the fields to your right. And then there's hardwoods to your left. I mean, you're literally on like this, you know, the point where it, it, it separates the two. 
um, I would I would always I started looking to my my left a lot, and I would start seeing deer way out in the swamp, but I could never tell what they were, and you could just see them, you know, moving back and forth, and that's what really you know I started like getting interested like like what's what's back there because I mean these deer are like three hundred yards away. But I and I can consistently see them, so I was like, "Well, I'm not really seeing a ton of deer here, at least the deer I want to see." So I use a climbing tree stand, I use a summit, and I just was like, "Well, I might as well, you know, pack this up next day and go way out there and see what I can see." And on the very last day of bow season was when I was when I actually moved out there in 2016. So this is the first, like, this is my second year on the property. And I moved, I put a note down in uh, the app, uh, it was Scout Look. And I had the greatest night I had ever, ever had um, in a tree stand. And I didn't see a single deer. I mean, you could hear the deer just running through the water everywhere. I mean, just constantly the entire night from like four to, you know, seven. I mean, just they were, you know, spreading, bucks were chasing. And I just couldn't see them. They were, they were no more than 80 yards away. And at the very like last light i was i just I was like well I'm, I, was, I gotta try and make something happen so i started grunting and i had a deer literally i mean i could hear it coming from 40 yards away 50 yards away and i never saw it and it probably came to about 20 yards from me i, I to this day I don't know what it was um and i and i you know that was what started you know like okay the swamp is where it's at for the the rut and then the early season they're just they're looking for the food right now so the field is kind of where we figured out okay until about the middle of october that's where we want to be and then in the swamp you know towards the end of the year that's where we want to be okay so basically in in a in somewhat way your you know your field stand also actually as a uh, observation stand as well oh yeah for sure so I mean, you've got you've got a pretty good problem there because you know you can sit that and sit from afar, and that's how I kind of like to hunt. I like to sit mm-hmm. from afar in a way. Um, my observation stands. I like to get off a little bit just so I can see, and then I like to kind of move in. I like to hone in and try to figure out, you right. know. But now, um, that's kind of what I do more of, uh, like out of state. I do some out of state hunting. Michigan, mm-hmm. I'm a little more aggressive. But in Michigan, on my farms, I will sit back in uh, from maybe a truck and just glass a little bit mm-hmm. um, once I know the deer's there, and then I really move in. So you moved in on you know in the swamp in 2016, mm-hmm. and that was the year you killed that eight point, right? Yep, that was the year I killed that eight point. I didn't move back there until literally the last day of both season. Okay, so you killed the eight point early, and then you moved back there. Yep, and I only saw a couple six points um some four corns and a, a real goofy five point okay and you know i, I didn't see any of those you know they're, they're still moving around but i mean like the activity just it died down a little bit okay so were you running trail cams that year no i did not run trail cameras that year so 2017 you... was the first year ever i ever ran trail cameras anywhere okay so coming out of the 2016 season season's over mm-hmm. you know winter's winter's going coming to right. spring what is your game plan? What are you thinking that you have to do to really hone in on these deer? And, mm-hmm. you know, what made you think you needed to get a trail cam, basically? Mm-hmm. So come senior year, or I'm sorry, or this year, I apologize, this year, um, this was the first year my dad was able to hunt the property. 
Uh, my buddy went down to Texas and he was his grandparents that I became very close with. Um, they're like, yeah, for sure. Go out and hunt. You know, you guys are welcome to whenever you want. And my dad was the one that really got me on the trail camera idea. I mean, like I'd always been down for it, but you know, I just, I didn't think of it at the time. And so me and him got a couple of cutbacks and we put them out at the very beginning of August and we let them sit for about two weeks. And we started seeing some, like, I mean, there was some deer out there that, you know, this year, if they're there, they're going to be studs. I mean, there was an eight point last year we had as a two-year-old and I mean, it's super tall. Like, I mean, his aunt, I mean, his G2s are probably six inches, seven inches, a two-year-old and just super narrow. And he, I mean, that was the first deer we saw that we like was consistent, like buck wise. That was like consistently on the property. We, we, whenever you pulled a camera or a card, you know, you knew you were going to have that deer. Did you ever, did you guys ever see that deer during season and have any encounters with him? No, didn't see him one time. So, um, uh, what day was, I think it was August uh, 23rd or something like that. It was like a week before I got my surgery. Um, we, I get one picture of a bachelor group of bucks and there's, what to me is the biggest eight point I've ever seen in the wild. And he's probably, uh, he's pushing 130, you know, and I, I couldn't believe it. That was my first realized, like, wow, like there's actually some deer out here. Mm-hmm. And he vanished until October 8th. And then I got my first picture of him. And he hung out until about October 20th. And then October 18th is when we got the first picture of the 10 point that I killed. I was away at school. And, um, I get a text from my dad and he's like, check this guy out. And I couldn't believe it. Okay. Okay. I got to stop you. So we got to go back. Okay. So, okay. My apologies. (laughs) No, you're fine. So the eight point that you got a picture of, so you, you said he showed up on in a bachelor group in August and then he was gone until the eighth. So now what, Never, never got a picture of him. Okay. So what is your, you and your dad's trail cam strategy? Like, are you checking them? every day are you checking about, them about once a week five days five days okay five days and are you putting them you know by the spots where you're hunting yep so okay. the first one that we put out in 2017 was directly at the stand where i killed at eight point the previous year so okay. right on the field edge and it's it's about uh, it's, i think it's about 25 yards 20 yards from the stand and then the other one is in a block of timber where there's another stand um but we just never saw deer during there but we'd always get pictures at night of you know that's where we got the first picture of that eight point was in that stand but you know you never see any deer during the day i mean it was just dead i mean tons of turkey but like everything but deer okay so was this deer daylight did you have any daylight picture of him or was he all nocturnal afternoon okay so that's and the reason why i ask is because you know, I, I've hunted some, some smaller tracts of land and, you know, I was the same way as you were. I, I was putting my cameras right by my spots where I was hunting. I was going in there once a week at least and checking mm-hmm. them. And, and this year I've really, I've really toned back on that and, you know, just laid off the pressure. And, and I've said it before in some of my podcasts that, you know, I'm, I'm just getting inventory. I don't care if the pictures are after, after dark or, right, you know, right. whatever That's it is. exactly least, how we were. Yeah. As long as I know the deer are there, my stands, they will produce. I just got to hunt them. So that's right. why I ask. Now, do you think your guys's pressure 
you know, checking that camera, hunting a little bit, made that deer stay nocturnal? I mean, did you ever, from the 8th till the 20th, ever get a, a daylight picture of them? We never got a daylight picture of them. Um, the stand, I mean, it's super easy to get into. I mean, like, it's you literally walk the side of the field and you walk into the woods about five yards and you're in the stand. So I don't think pressure was necessarily the problem. I just think it was, it, I think it was just the deer's pattern. I mean, we didn't get them every single day. We literally got them October 8th and then he vanished for, you know, about a week. And then all the other deer, I mean, they would, they would hang out there. You know, yep. we'd still see this eight, this tall eight point, that tall eight point, which I'm, I'm hoping is still alive this year. And if he is, I, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a really cool deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple other eight points that we had in the property that we're, we're really hoping to get through. But, um, you know, I don't think, I think it was just the deer's pattern, honestly. Yes. Yeah. You know, we just, we put up cameras all over the place and we just really couldn't find them. Yep. So, and that kind of tells me that that deer was probably obviously not living on you. And he was, he mm-hmm. was always coming from a ways away. He was living probably right. on that state land. And, mm-hmm. you know, if he was getting there at midnight or whatever, you know, he was living a ways away. He knew that if you guys had, you know, bait out or something, he knew that was there and he knew right. that he was safe to get in there. So yep. I would think that's probably why he was doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically he, he vanished on, did you say the 20th of October then? He vanished about the 25th was okay. roughly the last time we ever, we got a picture of him. And, and then, that was when, and then October 18th is when the 10 point, the big 10 is what we called them. Showed okay. up. We got the first three pictures of him. Now, was he on that same camera? He was on all of our cameras. He was on both the two cameras we had out. We only had two cameras in 2017. Okay. Two cameras. That was it. Two cuttybacks. And was he on, uh, was he daylight? He was daily. Every single night he was in the field. He started, he came, the first picture we got of him, first three we got of him was in the woods. And which was shocking to us because we just, we never saw, you know, you never really had a lot of deer there. And that's where he first came out. And then after that, he found his way to the field. And literally, I mean, every single night he was there from nine to about two thirty three in the morning. You know, he would come in and out. And, you know, he would he would be with the eight point at times. He was with like, the eight point would you I mean there's these pictures I have of you know him just backing him off. I mean, like he'd walk him off and then he'd come back in. Yeah. The eight point would just circle around the back and you know, and then after that time, I mean probably the dominance, you know, of that deer just pushed the eight point off. And I, you know, yeah, we'll see if he comes back this year, but so now the, the 10 that we're talking about the one that you ended up killing, right? The 10. Yep. So the big time. Yep. yep. So he, was he always, you know, what I like to do is, is when I get a deer that I like to go after, especially on camera and I, I try to find any sort of pattern I can on the deer. So was he coming from, um, you know, a certain side of the camera every time and leaving a certain way? So that was the challenge we had with him. Um, it was weird how he would always come in. So a lot of the time he would come from directly in front of the cameras. We would get the pictures and that's, that's where a lot of deer do come from, but it's not where we expect them to come from every single time. So it was hard to tell if he's actually living on the neighbor's property or if he was looping around, like he was coming from the woods and he'd loop around to the front of the camera and walk in from the middle of the field to where you know we would get pictures of them um and then it was just it was just a pattering thing like that's that's where i i i remembered you know like okay what notes did i take from last year because I, I mean like literally in 2016 i put every deer i i encountered 
into the scout look app and i would i would mark like where they came from and what they were mm-hmm. and you know that I, I just looked in my notes and i was like you know i saw like i remembered like from 2015 like i had that night in the swamp where i didn't see a single buck single deer literally no deer but i just heard them all and i was like well maybe he's coming from out there because we just didn't have access to the property you know it was the neighbors and you know it was it wasn't he wasn't able for us to get access so that was the only other option we had was to go into the swamp where I saw all this running activity or at least heard it. I didn't see anything, literally nothing. And, you know, that, that was kind of the start for that. Okay. So yeah, cause in 16, I killed, I killed a buck on opening day of bow season. Um, he's a three and a half year old. He, he was right at 120 as a seven point. Well, he was an eight point, but he broke off. So it, you know, it was 120 as a seven point, but he was a three and a half year old. And the first or the last couple of days of September, um, there's a website called Weather Underground. I don't know if you've ever heard of heard of it. No, so I basically, heard of that one. you can go to it and you can pull up any historic data from any day. Um, so when I went and pulled that camera on October first morning, it was raining that day. It was I hunted that morning and I figured it'd be a good time to go in and check this camera. I checked it. And he was on there and he was, he's, he had been on there for like the last week, but it was, you know, there was daylight and there was night. So I'm like, I go back home midday and I'm like, I got to try to find a pattern on this deer. Well, the only thing I could figure out was every time he would come in by the stand in daylight, it was with some, it was either a Northeast or an East wind and he was coming from the East. So his wind literally was at his back. So I knew there was bedding to my East. And everything that I've kind of learned and experienced myself is if a deer is walking with his wind to his back, basically, he feels like he's very comfortable in that scenario. Right. Like he, right. he's been there, nothing has pressured him. So I figured I had a very killable deer. So mm-hmm. the luck would have it that night I had a northeast wind, which was kind of an iffy wind for me, but... Mm-hmm. And he ended up showing up at 12 after seven and I shot him mm-hmm. right, right down wind of me at 18 yards. And it was, it was awesome. So literally that's the only deer I've ever been able to pattern somewhat in Michigan. Right. But so that, that's kind of what I was at, like wondering, you know, were you trying to get yeah. some sort of pattern on him? And ultimately what did, what did you get on him where, you know, you knew you could go in and get him then? Right. So like I said, I mean, he was an all, he was every single night he was there. I mean, from, it was from nine to literally 3am every single night at the field. And I just, you know, I, you keep getting these pictures and you know, the property, it's just not that big. So you really don't have a ton of options to do, but like I said, you know, I thought back to, you know, the previous season, like what, what did I do, you know, on the last day of the season while well, I went, I went back into the swamp so come October, I think it was like October 24th or something like that. I moved directly back um, about, I think it was like uh, 200 yards into the swamp. And I mean, like the swamp, so like if I can paint a picture for you, it's, it's, it's very open. It's like open timber, but, you know, in a swampy way. And to your left, super, super thick. I mean, like just that uh, sagebrush and tall grass i mean you know it's just like a deer's paradise and to your right it's the exact same it's you know super super thick you know just tall sage i mean like those those bushes are like 10 feet tall 
and they're just, you know, in, insanely hard to get through, you know, all the way up to the field. So it's, there's literally like 20 yards on each side, you know, like a row. And there's this, this, there's this open timber and I sat up back in there and that's where it ended up happening on November 3rd. So take me through that week leading up to see or le- leading up to when you ended up killing them. Mm-hmm. What were you seeing? How many times did you get to hunt? Cause you did say you're at college or back yeah, away I from was. college. So, you know, what was your plan? I mean, was your dad hunting? What was he seeing? Did you guys ever see this deer? So we only saw, I only saw him one time on the hoof and that was the night I shot him. But go back to like November, tw- or I'm sorry, October 23rd, 24th. When I put the stand up in there, literally that night, the very first night, I have a about a two and a half year old eight point run out at about 35 yards. And this was like, I didn't see my first shooter deer until October 16th or October 17th. Cause I, I got a new range finder in that day. So I, I, I just remember that day. Seeing just, <laughs> it was like, a, it was like, a, it was like, a, I don't really, I just got such a small glimpse of them, but I mean, it was a deer that was, you know, I mean, I, I would say it's probably about 115, 120. And in Michigan, you know, if you see that deer, I mean, that's typically a pretty good deer to, you know, be able to harvest. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, so like I, October 24th, you know, this eight point just comes flying out of nowhere, chasing a doe. And he goes, he, he runs out to 45 yards. So I, I quickly dial, turn my pen or turn my, uh, my sight to 45 and draw. And then I center it right on him. And there's, there's a twig directly where my pin is. And I'm like, I can't do it. Cause I'm just, I can't risk shooting a twig uh-huh. and, you know, having this arrow deflect and it just wasn't, it just wasn't worth it to me to, it was, it was, it was a stupid shot. I mean, you know, you can't, it's just not something you should do. You know, when you, you know, you don't have ultimate confidence in yourself to, to take that shot. And I ended up letting them walk up the hill, but I mean, that was, that was the first time I came to full draw on a deer in 2017. And then um, a couple weeks later is when is when I came to full draw on that ten point. Okay, so take me through the days leading up to the third. So was it what day mm-hmm. was that? What what did it fall on? Like a Saturday? It fell on a Saturday. Yep. Okay, yep, so did you Saturday. get home from school on a Friday and then was like I'm hunting all weekend? What what was your plan of attack? Yeah. So yeah, so it did fall on a Saturday. So um, November. It was, it was a Friday. I always got out of class at about 12 and I had to drive 61 miles home. So I just fly home, you know, eager to, you know, just get out in the woods. Cause I, I knew like, I'm like, this deer just like, he's got to come in the daylight sometime soon. I mean like all the, like his pattern was getting, like he was coming in at like 730 at times into the field, 738. So he was getting like, you know, to the time where it's like, okay, there, there's possibility like where we can intercept him. So I'm fly, you know, I fly home and then I get everything loaded up and I'm driving out there. And I, I mean, like, it's weird. Like, I don't know if you ever felt it or not, but I literally just could feel it in the air. Like there was something good, yep. you know, like it was, it was my favorite type of hunting condition. I had I had a Southwest wind, so it was perfect for where, for the stand I was hunting deep in the swamp. Um, and I could just, just, I was just driving, you know, throughout there and I was like, like, you know, it's, I just, I just felt, I could just feel it. You know, it was like, it was 39 degrees, zero mile an hour wind, you know, just glass. And I get out into the stand and I'm on my phone just, you know, checking all, like I check like barometric pressure and all that stuff. And I, it was like, it was, you know, I think it was like 33. So I was like, you know, all right, sweet. 
and I don't see a single deer until 6:12, and I was just so bummed, you know, like I couldn't believe it. I was like, like I just, I just felt it, you know. I was like, I was like, oh, this sucks. Like I can't believe, you know, I'm this night, I'm not seeing a single deer. Like what's going on? You know, it's perfect conditions. Right. And so at 6:12, I see a doe pop out to my right at 65 yards. So I'm like, all right, so that's that's cool, you know. Like see a doe, like all right, maybe something's following her. And then another doe pops out. And I'm like, and these are like tiny, tiny does. So I'm like, you know, all right, you know, I don't know if anything's really gonna be following or not. And then I'm just looking around. I look to my left and I look back to my right and I, I catch a glimpse of something. I throw the rangefinder up and I just see antler. And I just see just the right antler uh, or his, his left antler just, just standing up. And like, I'm instantly like, okay, shooter, shooter. So just keep this in mind, like the entire like way as you go through the story. So. I don't know what deer this is. I did not know this was the big time that we had on camera that we were seeing the entire time. I just knew, all right, good deer. Here we go. So the does are far walking down this trail at 50 yards. And this is a shot that I, I practice just all the time. I mean, like literally I'll shoot at 80 yards. I'll never shoot 80 yards for the bow, but just 80 yards, 90 yards, just so I know I'm ready for that 40 yard, you know, 45, 50 yard shot. Yep. So, this deer is coming down the trail and I range the does at 51 yards. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Here we go. So I, I just get myself ready, draw. I got about a seven foot window and then I, he, he walks right through it. And then I go, man, he hears it. I center my pen right where it needs to be. And I shoot. And then he carries through on his step. And I hit it up I'm about seven inches back. You know, I, I had a shooting nocturnal knocks. I knew exactly where I hit. Uh, at first I was like, oh my God, like, like, dang it. Like I just, you know, it's a little back, but I, I didn't think it was, you know, crazy. So he runs 10 yards, stops. And he's just standing in a thick brush for about six seconds. And then he darts back the way he came and he's hunchback. Like he's hurting. So I'm like, okay, that's good. Like he's hurting. Mm-hmm. So, and, and my arrow, I mean like the knock, you know, it vanished into his hide. So I got full penetration. So we let him sit for about three hours. I love so I was I was hunting by myself that night. So I let him sit for about three hours. I go up to the, the my buddy's uh, grandparents' house and you know, I tell him about it. I'm like, I don't know what I shot, but he's, he's a good one. And you know, I let him sit and I'm thinking it over. I'm like, do we let him sit overnight? And they're like telling me, well, you know, be careful because there's a lot of coyotes out there. Right. And and the coyotes are really bad in my area. I mean, like really bad. Like you you see them all the time. So, you know, I'm I'm a little worried about that. So we let him sit for about three, three hours and I go back home and I'm like, Hey dad, you know, you ready to go? And he's, we got everything all set up. So we go back out. So just to backtrack real quick, you, you, did you shoot this deer in the morning then? No, I shot him at night. Okay. At night. Okay. Gotcha. At night. Yep. Yep. So we go back out and I go to the exact spot I shot him and I don't see blood. And I'm like, you're standing right here. I promise you. And my dad's like, my dad's like, I know he's thinking like, like, oh, great. Like, did you actually shoot him as good as you think you did? And I, like I told him, like, I know it's back. It's about six inches back, seven inches back. So I just, he's walking around like thinking like maybe he just missed. And I'm like, no, there's no way. And then I walked to where I last saw him and there's, there's good blood. I mean, like, it's very easy to see it's bright blood, um, you know, and I'm like, okay, here's blood. So we track him for about 50 yards, like just getting easy blood. I mean, like blood, blood, blood. 
blood. And it starts getting a little heavier. And it's like blood, blood, blood. And then all of a sudden, a deer starts walking through the water. And we stop. And I'm like, like, Dad, do you hear that? And he's like, no, what is it? And then we go about another five yards. And then we both hear it. And this deer is probably 20 yards in front of us. But we can't see. It just, it's so thick where it's just, it's impossible to, you know, to track them anymore. So I'm like, Dad, I think we really need to just back out for the night because I, I'm afraid, you know, that's him walking and I don't know what he is. I, I really don't want to push him any more than we already have. Right. Now, is he heading towards that state land? Yes. He's in the state land at this point. He's in the super, like that super thick stuff. It is state land. Okay. So you're on state land now. Yep. Gotcha. So we're, we're tracking them and then we back out. And I, I, my, one of my, one of my couple of my good friends are literally right down the road and i stopped by his house like he's like two minutes away and i'm like i shot something big but i I don't know what it is and they're you know everyone's telling me like you know like where do you think you shot him i'm like i I know i shot him back but it was you know i I knew in my mind i'm like this is a kill shot but he's it's not what you it's not what as a hunter you strive for you know it's probably a liver shot or so it was a liver shot it was a liver shot liver stomach shot and, you know, this was the first time I ever had to do, like, all this whole process of, like, you know, letting a deer sit for that long. Because every deer I've shot has gone down in sight. And, you know, looking back on it, like, there was, you know, this deer has taught me so much, you know, as a hunter. But, um, so, we let him sit overnight. I stay the night at my buddy's house because he's literally two minutes down the road. And I come back to the property at, uh, I think it was, like, eight. So I wanted to give myself some light to, and, and plenty of time, you know, to make sure like, okay, this deer's dead. So I'm replaying everything in my head as I'm walking out and I get back out to where, you know, I shoot where I shot him. I track the blood and everything. And I follow the blood trail for about 30 more yards and I find his bed and my heart just sank because, you know, it, it was, you were fine. Like the blood really just started running dry. I mean, like it was tough and I found one little speck of blood. And then, and then there was his bed and there was like a little pool of blood. And I just, you know, I, I looked for, I said, I think I said like two hours my post, but I mean, I didn't get out. I, I left at I think 1130, 1145 to get a break. So I searched for about three and a half hours on my own, you know, and I had to take a break. So you just started like grid searching and looking for a body basically. Yeah. Cause I just couldn't find, and it was so like, I literally could have stepped on this deer and I would not have found him. And, you know, that was the hard part. So I was like, in my mind, like, I know this deer's dead. Like, there's, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't let this deer just, you know, sit and just go away. Cause I know, I know I, it's, he's, he's going to be, he's somewhere close. So I ended up posting a picture on my Instagram. And I mean, like, just the support I got was just, it was insane. I mean, like, literally, like, I got like, I mean, it was like 1900 people liked it and they were like you know get out there and i got like 40 dms from people saying like hey call this person hey look for vultures hey you know do like all this stuff and one of my buddies like i didn't know this at the time so like i'm driving down the road and i tell one of my good friends um he's who's who's also a, a pretty diehard hunter um he's like call michigan deer trackers and i was like who and he's like there's a guy and he's from fatherville and he, um, he's, he's, he's really good at tracking deer. 
And so I'm like, all right. So I, I go to McDonald's. I'm literally sitting in the McDonald's parking lot. I give him a call. And he's like, yeah, I just got done tracking a deer uh, like 45 minutes ago. Where are you at? And I'm like, well, my property's right off of, you know, blank road. And he's um, he's like, all right, yeah, I'll meet you there in like 45 minutes. And so I'm like, I'm all excited again. Like, I can't like, I'm like, okay, there's hope. You know, like, we're <laughs> yeah, going to find right. this here. Like, like there's a, there's a, there's a glimmer of hope. And you know, I didn't even eat anything. I just like threw everything. So I got out, I was out of the woods for about 45 minutes. I mean, like I literally drove down the road to the bank and then back. And so we get there, or well, I get there and I'm sitting there for about 25 minutes. And then he gets there and we drive out to the back, you know, where the, the property is or before the, right before the field. And then you know, we get out and he's, he's talking to me. He has to do like a whole bunch of, uh, I guess like they have to do, um, he's registered through, I believe it's something where you did your tracker. They have to just do something. Okay. It, it, I, it was some process I just didn't know about. And, you know, he's, I'm asking him, so like, so what are the chances we find this deer? And he's like, well, the national average is 27%. And I'm like, no, great. Like, <laughs> this isn't going to, I was like, well, here we go. And then he's like, but I'm a little better. I got like 34%. So I'm like, all right, 34 is better than 27. Yep. Like, I'll know, take sounds, that. I'll take it. Like whatever, whatever helps out. And so we go out there and as soon as he sets his dog down, right where I shot, the dog starts going, just tracking it exactly as the deer ran. Like it was amazing. I mean, I've never witnessed anything like it. And he's just tracking it. So he goes like, like, like I said, like where I shot him, about 10 yards. And then he goes through the brush exactly, you know, where I saw his deer and he's following the blood trail real well. And I'm like, I'm astounded. I'm like, I can't believe it. Like he's actually onto the deer. So we get to where I, I last found blood and I'm like, all right, so this is where I last saw it. And he's like, okay. And we start going through this, this just super thick stuff. And I like, I, in my mind, like, I'm not seeing any blood. So I'm like, how is this dog finding stuff? Like we're walking through, I mean, literally two feet of water, a foot and a half of water. And like, like I said, it's a lake. It's literally a lake that you have to get to yep. to get to the property. Like we're literally walking through this lake. So have you already made it past his bed and basically where you had stopped? Yeah. So where I last found blood was where his bed was. Okay. And I grid searched like, you know, that area for, you know, three and a half hours. So and this dog basically ran right to the bed. And just kept going like he's still on it. And just kept it. going. Yeah, he kept going. To this, this, there, and I can see in the distance, there's this, it's about maybe 200 yards away. I mean, no, no, not that far. But 100 yards away, there's this There's this island. And it's. I'm like, like, is he taking us to this deer right now? So we're going, we're walking through this, like, and just insanely thick stuff. I mean, it was a nightmare to, like, go through. And, um, you know, we, we start going. He's like, blood blood and i'm like you're like you're he's like i'm like you're finding blood and i'm like yeah it's right here and he's he's shocked his dog he's like i can't believe he's actually finding blood in this because we're literally going through like two feet of water and he's you know just like like this is like this is good and then we start finding like parts of his like insides holy and cow and i think like literally and it's on my instagram i've posted a picture of it it's why i shoot you know like rage brought as well i shoot the hypodermic for it's just his giant cutting diameter and you know just the accuracy i get with it and like we're literally finding like his insides as we're walking and i'm like and i'm feeling terrible at this point like as a hunter like you know you want to make the first you know, cleanest kill possible right 
and I'm afraid like, like, Oh my God, did the coyotes get them? Like that was my biggest fear. Cause I don't want a deer to die like that. It's just, you know, that's just a terrible way to go. And we're walking and then we get to the land and we started finding like giant pools of blood. And keep in mind, I have no idea like what deer I've shot. Like I, you know, I, I do not know what I have shot. I do not know. That is the big time point. So we, keep, we get to the land and we find like, like two, like just giant piles of, you know, blood. Like we're, I don't know if he just like was standing there and he just, they just bled, like just a blood clot opened up or something. And he just poured it up and we find two of those about 10 yards a piece. And then he goes forward a little more and the dog just starts going berserk. And I'm like, what is it? What is it? And then he's like, he's like, holy crap, there's your deer. And I'm like, are you serious right now? And he's like, yeah, it's big. And I'm like, okay, where is it? I don't see it. And <laughs> I, I do not see this deer. I do not know where he is because I'm behind him a little bit. And then he's like, he starts staring at it for a second. He's like, it's still alive. And I'm like, you're kidding me right now. Like this deer is still alive. And he's like, he literally says like, I can't believe it. But like, yes, he's, I just saw him move a little bit. And I'm like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. So go back 45 minutes now. He tells me, I, when I asked him, like, you know, like, should I bring my bow? He's like, no, don't bring it because we're not going to need it. Either this deer's going to be alive or we're going to find him dead. And I'm like, okay. So I leave it sitting, you know, right by my tree stand in the woods. So I have to sprint all the way back to my bow. He's like, do you have a, <laughs> well, first before I do that, he's like, do you have a knife? And I'm like. No, because I, I, I was planning on grabbing all this stuff, you know, once I, you know, got out, got all my stuff. And, like, if I, right. if I would have put a backpack on, I, I literally would have lost everything. It just would have got snagged up on, you know, limbs and everything like that. So I take off sprinting through all of this thick crap and stuff like that, tripping in the water. I mean, I'm soaking wet, and it's, like, 40 degrees. And I'm just, you know, just going for it. And then I finally get back to my bow. About 30 minutes later. Literally 30 minutes? I got lost. I oh. literally got lost in the woods. So <laughs> I get back to where it was because I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, it's so thick. It's just it's so hard to get there. I mean, it's a zigzag. And, you know, I was really walking through three feet of water at times. Like, not even kidding. And, you know, I, my phone is at 2%. I didn't charge because I was at my friend's house. I did not charge it. I didn't have an electronic charge. I didn't have a car charge. I didn't have any of that. So I'm looking on my phone, like, oh my god, I should have marked it before I left. You know, took off running would have been the smart thing, but you know, my just like, you know, young creative or young excited self just you know took off, and that was another you know 30 minutes till I got back, and then I finally get back to him, and you know, he's like, he's still there, you know, just just be ready. I'm like, okay, here's my rangefinder. He's like, oh, you're not gonna need it because you're not to like walk up on him. And I, I still have not seen the deer. I don't know where he is. I don't know what he is. I don't know. Like, I don't know any of it. So wait a second. So so you left the guy, the tracker, to go get your yep. bow. And yep. it took you 30 minutes to get back to your bow because you got lost. Yes. Because I could not. Because I could not. It was just so thick. And it was just, I got lost in the woods. My I had no service. So I, I, I had to, like, play off sense and where I thought, like, exactly where the, the woods were. So then... <laughs> so you grab your bow and then you go back to him, which how long did that take to get back to him? That took another, that was worse. That was about 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes. So you've been gone for an hour. I've been gone for an hour walking wow. through this, 
like literally I'm walking through three feet of water in the middle of this lake, just trying to get back. To, Cause then I don't know where he is exactly. Cause it just looks so dang similar. Like there's like three islands and then he has to whistle to me and I have to just go off a of sound. I finally get back to him. That's crazy. And then I know, I mean, it was just unreal how it all unfolded. So you get back so, to him and then, so I, so I get back to him and then I still don't see the deer. Like I'm like, all right, I got, you know, I, I knock an arrow. I'm, lo- I'm looking for him. And all of a sudden I see a little bit of his, of his tail. I see some white and I'm like, okay, there he is. And then he's like, you got to get up on him. He's got to put it right in his heart. And I was like, okay. Cause you know, I, obviously you said, you said to put it down as cleanly quick as possible. And I'm walking up to him and this deer's not moving. Like, I'm like, he's, is he dead? You know? And you know, he just, I just see you just take a small breath. And I ended up just walking up, put it right in the heart, and it was over in five seconds. And, I mean, I can't tell you just how terrible I felt. You know, like, you'd think, like, after, like, that, I was, you'd be like, oh, my God, like, I just shot the big 10-point, you know. I mean, to me, it was like, like, you know, I, like, you know, I mean, this deer was a warrior is all I can really say, you know. I mean, just, like, the will for it to, you know, try to stay alive. And, I mean, I felt terrible. I couldn't just, you know, put it down as quickly, as cleanly as possible. And um you know, but once like everything was done, you know, I, I was like, like I told him, you know, the whole story. I was like, I've had pictures of this deer since October 18th. And I, like, I told him, like, I, I had no idea what he was, you know, when I, when I shot him and, you know, once I got up to him, once all, I was like, you know, it was, and it was exciting. I mean, of course, you know, I was like, like, Oh my God, like we just shot our, you know, our number one hit lister. And yeah. I mean, it was, it was an incredible experience. I mean, like it taught me, you know, just so much as a hunter and, you know, I mean, it was unreal. And then, you know, the whole, the store isn't even in there. I mean, I had to, it took me six hours to drag him out of the woods. The, uh, the guy had to leave. So I was on my own with no GPS. So I told him, can you please just like take my bow and can you just mark a trail, you know, for me to get out so I don't get lost and did that. And I, I ended up, I recovered him at 1245 and the last time I looked at my phone when I got out of the woods, it was 758. Holy so, I mean, cow. I, yeah. I mean, it was, I think it was six, it was, it was six hours in the woods. I mean, it was just unreal. I mean, six, seven hours in the woods, just dragging them. And it was, you know, it rained that day, November 4th, it rained. So I was literally there with no water, no food. Um, <laughs> I just, I had to drag them. I mean, I'd go like literally four, four yards at a time and had to set them down. I'd drag them over branches. And I mean, he dressed out at 222 pounds. So, wow. So he was a big deer. Yeah. He had, he had a good body on him. So, yeah, but you know, yeah. that makes for one hell of a story. I'll tell you, man, that's, that's really oh, cool. Sure. That's something you'll, you'll remember for the rest of your life. You oh, know? without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. So, and then you end up, what'd you say he ended up scoring to? I scored him at 138 and two eights. Rough okay. score. Yep. yep. I didn't, you know, if I, I want to get some trophy tape on him, so I've, I haven't done that yet, but that'll give me the most accurate score for sure, probably. Did you end up getting him aged or anything? No, I did not get him aged. Um, well, the taxidermist said he thought he was about four years old. Okay. Where, uh, where, I, where I take him to. Um, he's like, yeah, this is probably like a four, four and a half real deer. Because, I mean, his teeth were, you know, they were gnawed down to where he thought, you know, okay probably around there but yeah no no not officially he's not officially aged i got you he's he's either three or four probably somewhere right in there for sure i would imagine so 
Well, that's cool, man. That's that's yeah. a that's one of the more crazier stories I've ever heard, and this is honestly the first time I heard it. You know, because you and I talked uh, yesterday, and I got some Cliff Notes version. So yeah, so this is this is the first time I've, I've like you know to everyone that's gonna listen. That's that's how the story went down, and I couldn't thank everyone that wanted me to find this deer. You know, I mean, it was it was amazing. You know, like all the people that were you know like you know do this and just you know i mean the power of social media is crazy in it that is, sense. Man. And just gave me so much confidence and that's when you know uh, i you know a lot of people found the page and you know I, I was able to gain quite a few followers from it and uh but sadly the story doesn't really end there Uh-oh. so yeah so i get them all cleaned up and everything get them out of the woods so the next morning i take them to the um the butcher and there's like i mean i got like eight people around me and i'm you know telling the story and everything and you know the first so there's there's two butchers so keep this in mind so butcher number one butcher number two so butcher number one comes out and he's looking and he's like nice deer and he's like you know and i'm like yeah thanks and you know i'm telling him about the story and everything and then he goes in and he smells it and he's like i can't take it and i'm like what do you mean and he's like it's got a little bit of a smell to it and i'm like you gotta be kidding me like this is unreal like this isn't happening so then butcher he's like he's like hey butcher number two come out and so this guy comes out and he's like well i just smell wet deer because i mean you know i, I drag this thing through literally two feet of water right I mean, like the thing is soaking wet he's like i just smell wet deer and i guess butcher number one number one had the authority on it and he's like i can't take it and i'm like are you serious right now like he's saying you smell he smells wet deer you're saying you smell a little bit of smell to it and like there's other people around like i mean you know, I'm, I'm just like, like, this is so much meat that is going to feed us that we just love. I mean, we eat deer meat all the time, you know, like we, we always have it, you know, with everything. Yep. And, and he ends up saying, I can keep it for you. That's all I'm going to, that's all I can do. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I'm like, all right, well, if you say so, then I'm, I mean, go ahead and do that. But, you know, so I go home and I take a nap and I'm just, just furious like that you know like i can't get any of this meat because i mean like by all means like i mean i love big antlers and like you know every hunter does like you strive to get like you don't want to kill the biggest deer possible but in the end a lot of michigan hunters and a lot of people you know i say just about every single hunter you know does it for the meat as well right and and that's you know that's a that's a giant thing to me and so i take a nap for like two and a half hours and i come back and i get it at the cape and so butcher number two is there and he's like Hey, I got your cape. And I'm like, all right, thank you. And then he says this, which just infuriated me. And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you, man. You could probably eat this deer. And I'm like, so why did you say, you know, you, you can't take it? He's like, well, you know, that guy, he has authority over me. So, you know, we really, I really can't do anything, you know, about it. And I was like, I mean, I just, I just, you know, I was so mad and upset. Cause you know, I just couldn't get a straight answer and I had a very hard time believing that even if a portion of it wasn't, you know, good that, right. You know, like I still couldn't get like this, you know, like this part of the deer. And so, I mean, it was just, it was very, I was, I was really upset about that for, you know, probably about honestly, like the rest of the deer season. I mean, I just, I was very bitter about it. I've so, never heard that from any butcher before ever. I know. It, know. I couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe it. We, so, um, I mean, 
we we do we process a lot or a lot of our own deer that's how my dad always done it um we've done that we've done that a couple of times yeah and it it is a undertaking you know but you can get a you know oh, get sure. a good saturday with a football game on and and uh and for get sure. it done and everything but it is pretty convenient to take to a butcher as well but man that's i don't know if i'd ever be going back to that butcher no, again i i literally said i i I mean, I really just, I told, the worst part was I had to tell the landowner, and they love deer meat, and they love, you know, their deer out there, and I told them, I'm like, they just told me, you're like, you know, I, I told them a little bit over the phone, or over a text, that we can't have the deer, you know, and I, they were just, they were devastated about it, and they were like, you know, I felt so bad, because I was like, oh my god, like, you know, these people, like, you know, like, we were promising, like, well, yeah, I'll make sure I give you some meat for sure. And, right. you know, you know, obviously we couldn't do that. And then, you know, I told them the whole story, you know, about it in person, not too long after. And they're like, you know, you should go to this butcher instead because, you know, even if the portion of the deer isn't, you know, right, then, you know, you, you they'll still do, you know, this part for you. They'll try to make you the most. So, I mean, it was just, it was very stressful. It was a very stressful, emotional two days and then you know obviously once i found out i can't have the meat you know was i was pretty disappointed and upset about that for you know literally the rest of deer season so yeah that's that's crazy man that's that's too bad now were you kind of in a in a position where you couldn't you know do it all yourself like process it no, yourself I, I couldn't take it oh oh you mean like could i have like yeah. if once i shot it yeah well no i mean if you oh, you know like, if you could i have gotten it back yeah, if you, like so, the butcher said you couldn't have it. You know, he wasn't going to let you take the deer. To my knowledge, no. I mean, so you couldn't even have took it home and and butch it to yourself. To my knowledge, I, they just caped it out and they did whatever with it. I mean, they could have they could have ate it for all I know. Holy cow! So I mean, that's a different just, story. <laughs> so I mean, I know. So like. You know, I've I've made it like where I wanted, like in just in you know this deer, because I don't know what else you're gonna do like this in Michigan. You know, it's it's tough. I mean, I've hunted for, I mean, ten years, and I've only seen a deer of that caliber one or two other times. And and you know, and it was when I first started hunting cold water. That's where I saw the first two big deer like that. And you know, I know the property like yeah, like it shows there's other big deer out there, but it doesn't mean you necessarily get them. So I don't right. know when the next time I'll be able to do that. So what I want to do is I want to make sure I get this deer, um, you know, register with Pope and Young and get a plaque for him just go right next to it. Because, I mean, I I think just it was just a warrior buck. And, you know, it's, you know, a yeah. lot of people say like, oh, hunters, you know, like they, they just kill deer and they don't they don't care about them. Right. Well, I definitely care about my deer. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a memory that's going to last forever and it's going to hang on my wall forever. So, yeah, for sure. Know, I, I definitely want to have, you know the most memories I can, I can have of this deer and, you know, so. Yeah. I wouldn't that was, recommend that, that butcher to anybody if I were you. No, I wouldn't either. I, I'm not gonna, you know, say who it was or anything like that, but you know, it was, it was, um, we, we butchered multiple deer through them and they've always done a good job and this happens and you know, it's just unreal uh, how it all, you know, unfortunately played out in the end. That's unbelievable. They wouldn't even give the deer back to you, so you could no. take it home and butcher it. I, I'll yeah. bet you they took that deer and probably processed it up and probably took it home for themselves, probably. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I mean, it's, they, it's a whole store, so, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they are selling, you know, parts of that deer to, uh, you know, just people. Like, I mean, you know, it was 
it was just it was very stressful and unbelievable man. i just infuriating i mean i just couldn't believe it and you know i didn't talk about it i never talked about it you know through social media but um i mean it's really one of those things where you kind of have to like talk about because you really just can't you know text all that into a into a post right but um yep yeah i mean it was it was it was just a you know I, like i said like this deer taught me so much you know as a hunter um and you know just the experience like of all of this is just it's gonna impact my hunting for the rest of my life you know and just the knowledge i learned how i hunt deer now at least yeah. on this property it's you know i mean i'm looking forward to this year it's gonna be an awesome year i can tell already but awesome well man i you know i want to thank you for coming on and you know and i i congratulate you immensely you know you did everything you possibly could to get back on that deer and and mm-hmm. you know and you worked your tail off for it and you earned that buck for sure it's too bad that mm-hmm. it had to end with a butcher like that that you know mm-hmm. that's just terrible but um that's just crazy so yeah but yeah man i i appreciate you coming on here we're we're, we're up over an hour here and and it's getting kind of late. I want to, I want to cut you loose here. And no, thank you very much for having me. I, I really appreciate, you know, you reaching out, you know, having me on. So no problem, man. Maybe, uh, maybe this year you'll top that and we'll have to do another one of these this time oh, next yeah, year. Sure. <laughs> I'm looking I gear as long, <laughs> for sure. As long as I can get one. Well, cool, man. Well, Hey, you, uh, we'll stay in touch and, um, for I'll sure. let you know when all this comes out and, and, uh, again, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you very much for having me. And there it is, a pretty interesting podcast from Brandon Leon. You know, that story goes down for one, for me anyway, it's one of the crazier ones I've ever really heard. And I'm, I'm glad I had Brandon on. He was, he's a really good guy and, and uh, you know, he killed a great deer. But, but that butcher, like, I just don't understand. Like, I've never heard of anybody doing that. And, you know, I just can't fathom that. You know, and for him to not even even offer up the deer to give the deer back to Brandon and have him go home and, you know, process it himself, that's just blows my mind. But there are some pretty crazy people out there and I just don't get it. So that's gonna wrap up this week. Um I appreciate everybody's support. You know, you guys are helping this podcast grow like crazy. I hope everybody's enjoying it. You know, we are on CastBox. It's an app you can get for an iPhone or an Android. We're on Google Play, and we're also on the podcast app on iPhone and iTunes. So so if you could go to any of those platforms, apps, or whatever, and just leave some reviews, um, that really helps in the ratings for, for the fall podcast and, and really helps us boost up. And you guys are doing great right now. There are some ratings and everything on the iTunes one, and uh, I just appreciate you guys doing that. So go there and leave some reviews and everything and you know coming up here i do want to do some sort of i don't know if it's necessarily a q a or you know i want you guys to send in some questions and uh, i'll have some people on here and we'll do you know kind of a bs session and uh, answer all those questions as well i think it'd be a really cool podcast and other than that you know Again, I appreciate it, and uh, and don't forget the white gold giveaway. I'm going to be announcing a winner on the Instagram and Facebook pages on this Friday. So two days from now, there will be a random winner selected, and I will let everybody know who won. So don't forget about that. Two days from now, Friday, August 10th, 
I will be announcing a winner for the White Gold giveaway. So thanks for listening, and don't forget, next Wednesday is an all-new episode of the Fall Podcast. Thanks, guys.